Coming up on today's message with Pastor John. When we are in darkness, run to Jesus. When we are in sickness, run to Jesus. In stressful times, run to Jesus. Mary is grieving and she wants to be close to the body of her Savior, but the Savior is gone. But Jesus meets her in her grief. You see, we must go through the darkness and see the empty tomb before we can see the risen Savior. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from the gospel according to John, uh, the 20th chapter. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 18. Again, that is the gospel according to John, uh, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. I'm going to be reading the New International Version of God's word today. Uh, let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple the one who Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said 
Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had seen, that said these things to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, we love you. We praise you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for this opportunity to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior and our Lord and to delve into this word today. Lord, I ask that every thought that I think and word that I speak be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross so that I can point people to Jesus. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about run, Mary, run. Run, Mary, run. I love track and field. I love running in general, but I prefer the sprints. I prefer the 100 meter dash, the 200 meter dash, maybe the 400 here and there, but that gets a little tough, and the sprint relays. Anything over 400 meters is hard for me to get with. Uh, the 800 meter dash is nothing but punishment to me. Uh, when I first joined uh, a track team in middle school uh, and realized that they only had uh, usually at most four slots for sprinters and everybody else who wasn't a sprinter had to run the 800 uh, in that event, I, I felt like the 800 was a punishment. Um, so everything over 800 meters doesn't exist to me because I know who I am. I'm a sprinter. I'm a sprinter. Um, more power to those people that get up and decide they want to run miles and miles and miles. And then the people who want to get up and do uh, 26.2 miles and the people that do those ultra marathons, 100 miles. And, and then the people that do the Ironman competitions, uh, you know, more power to them. <laughs> That's just not my ministry. Uh, but even though I am a sprinter in the sport of track and field. I have learned that life is not a sprint. Life is a marathon. And so I, I commend those people that run marathons as well. Do you know what happened exactly 50 years ago, uh, April 17th, 1972? That was the first day that the Boston Marathon allowed women to compete for the first time. Uh, Nina Kusik emerged from the field to win the women's, women's race, and all eight of the female runners completed the 26.2-mile uh, course. Uh, the Boston Marathon did not have a place for women 
for 75 years. They were underestimated, ignored, shut out. One running coach actually believed the distance was too much for what he called fragile women. But when Roberta Gibb became the first woman to run the entire Boston Marathon in 1966, she didn't get an official race number. Uh, so she hid in the bushes and jumped out into the race when it began. Uh, in 1967, uh, Catherine Switzer registered as KV Switzer, not identifying herself as a woman. And race officials tried to remove her from the marathon when she began to run. One of them frightened her, grabbing her shoulders, trying to rip off her bib number. And her boyfriend shoved the man to the ground, and she finished the race in about four hours and 20 minutes. It was only when the Amateur Athletics Union accepted women into long-distance running did the Boston Marathon open the race to them. Now women are running the bo in Boston every year and in marathons all around the world. Just as 1972 was a turning point for female marathoners, in the scripture, Easter morning, was a moment of truth for followers of Jesus. You see, until then, Mary Magdalene wasn't mentioned much in the gospel according to John. Uh, the only clear report uh, is that there were three Marys uh, near the cross, Jesus, his mother Mary, his, uh, and his uh, mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene in John 19 and 25. Uh, but they're not mentioned there often, and other places rather. And you know something interesting about the passage that I read, the gospel according to John, uh, chapters 20 verses 1 through 18, is that this passage is in every lectionary scripture. All three years get this lectionary passage for Easter. And... I want to take a pit stop since we're, we're talking about uh, Mary Magdalene right now and, 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 and give my, my normal uh, disclaimer. Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. Amen. That phrase is not in the Bible. There is not even a biblical foundation to say that Mary was a sinful woman. Uh, Luke chapter 8 verse 2 identifies her as someone that had demons cast out of her, but that does not make her a sinful woman. Amen. Amen. Mary was not a prostitute. Mary is someone that we should model. Mary Magdalene is someone that we should imitate. Mary Magdalene is someone that we should follow. Two things that I noticed that Mary did in the text, and I'll take my seat. Uh, the first thing I noticed uh, is that Mary ran to Jesus. Mary saw the tomb, and she ran. Mary found an empty tomb the weekend after seeing her Savior treated like a common criminal. 
uh, Mary was facing grief, dealing with trouble, dealing with darkness. Jesus was convicted of blasphemy by the religious authorities and insurrection by the government authorities. But we need to do like Mary did. When we are in darkness, run to Jesus. When we are in sickness, run to Jesus. In stressful times, run to Jesus. Mary is grieving and she wants to be close to the body of her Savior, but the Savior is gone. But Jesus meets her in her grief. You see, we must go through the darkness and see the empty tomb before we can see the risen Savior. I say that again. We've got to experience the grief. We've got to experience the darkness. We've got to go to the empty tomb before we see the risen Savior. So when you see an empty tomb, the assumption is that somebody must have stolen the body. Uh, But the text says that the cloth is still there. People trying to steal a body from a tomb would not take the time to unwrap the cloth. It's too easy to get caught that way. Also, there was a Roman seal on the tomb, the Gospels tell us. Uh, And why is that important? Because when the Roman government put a seal on something and closed it, The only people that could open that seal back up was the Roman government. You see, the rule was if you broke the Roman seal, you got broken yourself. Uh, 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 Plus, Mark tells us that there were guards posted at the gate who had one job to do. No one touches this stone. The tomb is sealed. Keep it that way. Because if the stone rolls, your head is going to (laughs) roll. So something extraordinary would have had to have happened. No one took him. He got up with the power of God. And so when we are in our grief, we need to run to Jesus, even though we're going to have to sometimes experience that darkness and experience that empty tomb and not know what is going on. Still, go to Jesus. So Mary ran to the tomb. But not only did Mary run to the tomb, the second thing she did is Mary ran to the people. Uh, Jesus told Mary to tell the people. Don't argue with me. Argue with the Bible. Mary was doing what Jesus told her to do. Go tell the people. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary went to the disciples with the news. Uh, 
that's the first Easter sermon if I've ever heard one. Mary is crossing the finish line as the very first apostle. A word which literally means one who is sent off. Although she may have been struggling at mile 20 in this situation, she flies past mile 26.2 carrying forward the message that she has seen the the risen Jesus. Easter is an anniversary of women on a mission, but its significance goes beyond gender. Easter is an invitation for men and women to run together. Whatever our gender, we are equally recognized by Jesus and sent off to be his people in the world. African Methodist African Methodist Episcopal preacher Jarena Lee vindicates her contested call to preach by appealing to the biblical example of Mary Magdalene. Did not she said, did not Mary first preach the risen Savior? And is not the doctrine of the resurrection the very first climax of Christianity? In defense of her right to speak in public as a woman, antebellum essayist, orator, and political philosopher Maria Stewart asked rhetorically, did not Mary Magdalene first declare the resurrection of Christ from the dead? So whenever you are on your own personal marathon, know that you do not run alone. Jesus sees you and recognizes you and calls you by your name in the middle of your pain and confusion and then sends you off toward the finish line of what lies before you. Jesus called Mary by her name. Jesus calls you by your name. Mary is already on the run and our challenge today is to run and follow her. We are no longer slaves to sin and death. Jesus has paid it all and has all power in his hand. You see, in the gospel according to John, the Last Supper was a pre-Passover meal. So Jesus would be getting crucified and rise again while people were having their Seder meals. What does that mean, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. While people were eating lamb... The Lamb of God who was slain is taking away the sins of the world. Christ has risen. Christ has risen indeed. Mary ran and Mary ran to an empty tomb. However, finding an empty tomb means we face that risen Savior. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever others may say. I see his hand of mercy and I hear his voice of cheer and just the time I need him, he is always near. He lives he lives Christ Jesus lives today he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way he lives he lives salvation to impart and you ask me how I know he lives he lives within my heart in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is great and greatly to be praised. 
We thank you for this word that went forth, for those who heard it and those who may hear it later. That your Holy Spirit will do its holy work in your holy people for your holy kingdom. And that those that have a desire to know Jesus Christ in the pardon of their sins will ask, what must I do to become saved? Lord God, let this be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest and produces good fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. It is in the name above all names that we submit this prayer. Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.